We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, El Monte. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, El Monte. You know, I know looking back at 2015, without a doubt, it was an epic year in prophecy. You know, in looking back, we see, I believe, more than ever that the coming of Christ is eminent. Like James chapter 5, verse 9 says, the judge is at the door. You know, the rapture of the church, right? And that's something we look forward to. I don't know about you, but I am so excited to see God. I'm so excited to have a new body. I'm so excited to be in heaven. But at the same time, when the rapture happens, judgment falls, right? The judgment of the world. It can happen any day, I believe any moment now. Now, of course, we don't know the day, right? We don't know the exact day. We can't predict it. Even Jesus himself just said in Matthew 24, verse 36, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only, right? I mean, whenever you hear someone say, we got the day and they give you a, you know, that calendar and day, understand that right there is a revelation that they're a false prophet because we don't know the day, right? Even while Jesus was on earth, the Bible says he emptied himself of his divine privileges. So he didn't know. Only the father knew. Only God knows the day and the hour. No one else knows either then or now. Only God, right? We don't have the day. But we do have the signs. And Jesus gave us the signs of his coming so that we can be ready, so that we can take these things to heart and truly be living in the light of the Lord's return. I mean, the bottom line is either when the Lord comes, you're going to be sleeping or you're going to be walking. You know, I, one of the things... Um, it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, a good friend of mine got me this little thing that goes on my keychain. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but have you ever seen those little white things? It's called the tile. And it's for people like me who lose their keys all the time, right? And I, and I don't really lose them. I just misplace them. I'm like, okay, where in the world are they? Are they in my office? Are they, you know, in the sound booth? You know, did I leave them in my, in my seat? And it's kind of cool because I have this thing, and then, you know, when I misplace my keys, I have a little thing where I turn it on to my phone, and it actually tells me if I'm getting closer. It's pretty cool, you know? So, I mean, if I'm totally out of range, it won't, it won't help me at all. But if I'm, you know, going in the right direction, it'll start, like, showing me this little symbol on. Before you know it, it's like, boom, yes. You know, I kind of, it's really cool. I need one of those, you know, really bad. And, and I was thinking about that. That's kind of how it is with the Lord. I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, you guys, we are getting closer to the Lord's return. You know, it's, it's the Lord coming. I mean, for us, we're getting raptured. For the world, they're getting judged. You know, it's kind of interesting, though. Even now, we're beginning to experience tastes of God's judgment, right? I mean, in, in essence, when you see the Lord is judging the world, we're going to see that that's already beginning to happen. It happens in two forms. Number one, God letting go of us. Number two, God not protecting us. Eventually, he will come to this world and he will judge. But in one sense, the judgment is already here. Um, a lot to talk about. 
as I was going through the calendar 2015, I thought, man, I just don't have enough time. And so I'm just going to share with you some of the things that we can look back on 2015 and we can say, wow, that right there is a sign of the times. And here's just a few of them. Let me begin, first of all, with something that happened on uh, June 26th. Um, here we have a, a picture of the White House. And you guys saw this, right? When they, you know, they, they lit it up uh, with the rainbow colors, uh, something that they have uh, ascribed to the gay agenda, something that doesn't belong to them at, at all. But they have hijacked that. And on that day, people gather in Washington, D.C., our country, a country that at one time was a Christian nation, they gather together on June 26th. It's illuminated with rainbow colors in commemoration of the Supreme Court's ruling to legalize same-sex marriage. And what happened was because it was, it was legalized in that district, it went nationwide. Because that's an epic thing. I mean, that's, that's God saying there's something wrong with this country. You know, and Romans chapter 1 talks about that. We're going to get there. But in the meantime, shoot over to Luke chapter 17 real quick. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus said this, Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot. As, as it was in the days of Lot. Jesus right here, he's talking about his return, right? And, and right here, he, he takes them back to the, to the days of Lot. Now, notice that right here, it says, um, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. built. Nothing wrong with any of that. Nothing wrong with them, Luke 17, 28, you know, eating and, and drinking and buying and selling and planting. There's nothing wrong with that, right? What is What was wrong was what was going on in the days of Lot. It says in verse 29, but on that day, Lot went out of Sodom and it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, who he was on the housetop and is in his goods are in the house. Let him come, not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one is in the field. Let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. And whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life, Jesus says, will preserve it what was it like in the days of lot you know you probably already know but just in case turn to genesis chapter 19 because you know i mean maybe you're here today and you're not a christian and maybe you're here today and you're thinking well you know this whole gay marriage is a good thing it's a good thing for a society but what we find right here is jesus is saying well that was something that was taking place in, in the days of lot and let me show you how it all went down from that point, you know. In Genesis chapter 19, we read in verse 1 what had happened was the angels and, and even the Lord had come to, to visit Abraham and they're on their way to Sodom and Gomorrah. It says in verse 1, now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground and he said, here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. 
And they said, no, but we will spend the night in the open square. Now, these are these two angels. They come to Sodom and Gomorrah. They come to, to Lot. Lot's uh, wanting to, you know, give them a place to stay in his, in his house. At first, they're kind of a little hesitant. But he says in verse 3, moves, he insisted strongly. So they, they turned in him and entered his house. And then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread. And, and they ate. And so... It says in verse 4, before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people, think about this, this is crazy, from every quarter they surrounded the house. And they called the lot and said to him, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we may know them carnally. I mean, what was going on in, in Sodom and Gomorrah? It was just blatant, aggressive, unashamed homosexuality right i mean they saw the angels maybe they i don't know for whatever reason they were attracted to them they go they surround them and so it says in verse six lot went out to them through the doorway shut the door behind him and he said please my brethren do not do so wickedly see now i have two daughters who have not known a man please let me bring them out to you and you may do to them as you wish only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. And they said, stand back. And they said, this one came in to stay here. He keeps acting like a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. And so they pressed hard against this man, Lot, and came near to break down the door. But the men, who were the angels, they reached out their hands, pulled Lot into the house with them, shut the door, and they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. I mean, this is kind of weird. Lot would offer his daughters. You know, the angels come and they say, we want to know those guys sexually, right? And so Lot comes out. I mean, he's not right with the Lord, but one thing he knows is this is a line that should not be crossed. I mean, if you want to, you know, we'll give Lot a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's saying you can marry my daughters. I don't know. But even he knows that that, that type of heterosexual relationship is, 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 is okay with God. But once you start getting into this, now you're crossing the line. You know, and we can look at that and we can think, well, you know, it's just, you know, it's a new normal now. It's not a big deal. Let them do what they want to do. But you guys, it's changing everything. It's a line that should not be crossed. And what we're finding is God is saying, I'm coming soon. Can you see it? The Lord said as it was in the days of Lot, so it's going to be in the day that I come. Right? Because look what happens. It says in verse 12, Then the men said to Lot, Have you any, anyone else here, a son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city, take them out of this place, for we will destroy this place. Because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. You see, you guys, this is a sign of the times. Jesus coming... <laughs> is eminent. You know, that right there in this country here, that one time used to follow Jesus Christ, oh, let me tell you, man, like Billy Graham said, if God doesn't judge America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. 
You see, gay marriage in all reality, Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32, is a sign of God's judgment. God said, okay, you guys don't want to worship me? Then I will give you over to your debased mind. So judgment's coming. It's already here in one form. And that, therefore, we know that it will come in its full force as Jesus Christ raptures the church and all hell breaks loose on planet Earth. That was one of the things uh, in 2015 that was, that was huge. Another thing that's related to that is um, a person um, named Bruce Jenner. And I know you guys probably know about this as well, but don't let it just be forgotten because in all reality, that's a sign that our Savior is coming. You know, I mean, because this is it. This is not just tolerated, it's celebrated. Right? You guys know that's where we're living now? This is what we see. You know, this man who at one time was an Olympic champion, right? I mean, in, in one sense, like a man's man. He underwent this sex change in April of this year. Barbara Walters interviewed him, and, and the show was the most watched show, ABC's highest show in 15 years with 16.9 million viewers. And, and what's going on here, you guys? I mean, our, our nation, our children... Our society is being desensitized, right? I mean, you guys probably know Barbara Walters has now named Jenner the most fascinating person of, of 2015. The photo here on the, uh, with, with the, you know, the end result, so to speak, here shows uh, him accepting the Arthur Ashe Award for Courage at the ESPY Awards on July 15, 2015. And so the, the, the world now has defined courage as defying God. The definition now is, is, is just be courageous to do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. You know, you get a divorce. It doesn't matter. You know, you resist who you were made to be. This is a sign of the times. Rather than embracing our sexual roles and responsibilities as men and women, it seems that the society is more and more blurring those God-given roles, even questioning whether or not they even exist. To where now some parents, and this is happening fast, this is now some parents say they won't even foster the biological gender of their children. You know, dads won't give their you know, sons a healthy dose of masculinity and, and moms won't pass along to their daughters a much-needed femininity. And at the end of the day, the enemy is just destroying the family. You know, today I was reading with my wife. Uh, it's crazy. Over 30% of all children in our country live in a home without a father and some ethnicities, the rate is even higher. It goes up to 50%. No dad. Because the family is a fabric of society, and he's coming at us at all angles. The decay, the destruction of the family, failing, falling apart, further and further away from God and his ways. And what we find is, man, this is what happens when we, when we turn our backs on God's. And then what ends up happening is we as Christians, we, you know, we want to speak up, right? We want to stand up for what's right. We're labeled as, as what? Haters, bigots, 
And they're comparing these issues with the African-American civil rights movements of the 50s and 60s. And, and therefore, you guys get ready. You know, they, they hate us, right? And of course, we know Jesus said this would happen when you, when you, when you live the life, right? Don't be discouraged by it. We're in good company. Uh, Jesus said in John 15, 18 and 19, he said, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And, and let me just say this. We won't just be hated and, and we're going to get persecuted, even in our country, right? Which leads to the next slide, and I, I don't know really a whole lot about Kim Davis, um, but I, I do know that um, that she followed her convictions, right? I mean, that what happened to her, spending a, a four days in jail, that's just the beginning. I mean, I'm sure you guys remember her story. She's the clerk who refused to issue uh, same-sex marriage licenses, right, in Rowan County Courthouse in Moorhead, Kentucky, in September of last year. Even her appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court was denied, but she still refused. She stuck to her convictions and refused to issue marriage licenses, saying she had to answer to a higher court and to the judge most high and was henceforth arrested, right? She spent five days in jail. And, and just, just for you guys, you know, for us, looking back, these are our signs of the times. This is the beginning of what's going to happen. It's going to, they're going to hate us. It will go to persecution. And then eventually it will go to execution. And because it, it, it doesn't end there. And, you know, another thing that's real big in the world today, and I think there are things that we can't ignore. We have to say, Lord, here's a sign that you're saying to me, I better get ready, is, is ISIS, right? The rise of ISIS. I mean, that's uh, something that, you know, we didn't hear a lot about this particular group not that long ago. Sure, we heard a little bit about terrorism, but that was pretty much in, in Israel. Now what we find is the world is changing because Jesus is coming. You know, it's interesting to me, um, ISIS... It stands for the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria. And so here you have a map, and it shows Iraq and Syria. But really, that's not what the, the way the government refers to them. Um, um, even our government refers to them as ISIL. And that stands for the Islamic State of Iraq and, and the Levant. And the interesting thing is this. The Levant is a historic name given to the entire region east of the Mediterranean, uh, all the way from Egypt east to Iran and to Turkey. What this does is it emphasizes their goal to expand. One thing I want to show you on this map right here, when you refer to them as ISIL, you'll notice that Israel is on, is on their radar. Openly, blatantly, not just Iraq and Syria, but we're talking about a region that they believe belongs to them. But of course, we know it doesn't end there. You guys, we got to look back to 2015 and, and not just, you know, forget. We got to take these things to heart and let it change us. I mean, some people, they need some type of spark, something to push them. They're, they're sleeping, they're 
relaxing. They're cruising. We're not realizing, you know. I mean, even the Lord told Peter, you should, you should pray. You should pray that you're worthy to escape all these things. Because what was happening was they were sleeping, right? They weren't understanding what was going on. You know, I, I almost hesitate to show you guys these pictures right here, but I mean, that this is what they are doing. And these are things that we can't forget. On February 15, 2015, the Islamic State released a video on showing the beheading of 21 Egyptian Christians kidnapped in Libya. In the video, militants in black marched the captives to a beach that the group said was near Tripoli, Libya, and they were then forced down onto their knees, beheaded, according to the Quran, their blood needed to be drained into the ocean. Egypt's state's news agency, Mina, quoted a spokesman for the Coptic Church as confirming that 21 Egyptian Christians held by the Islamic State were indeed dead. Does that mean anything to us? Does that change? Does it like, you know, well, yeah, I just kind of go on with my own life. Or that's over there. That's in Libya. That's in Syria. That's in Iraq. But we have discovered that it's not, it's not just there, huh? I mean, it wasn't just 21 that died last year. I mean, we don't know for sure. There are some, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, there are some who say 170,000 people were killed by ISIS last year, primarily Christians as well as Shiites. Okay, some say it's more. Some say it's less. We don't know. This is taking place in our world today. You circle the globe today, and the 40 Islamic countries, the, the 40 countries that are Islamic ruled, they all persecute Christians. What's going on, you guys? I mean, I think the Lord is kind of lifting his hand. I think the Lord is kind of sending a message. I, I want you guys to know that I'm returning. And I think there's a lot of things that happen with that, you know. I mean, I was thinking about how the Lord warned Israel. The Lord warned uh, the southern kingdom of Judah as well. I mean, you know, for close to 220 years, he warned the northern kingdom until they were taken away by Assyria. And then it went down to 586 B.C. From right around 960 B.C., all those years, God warned them until they were taken away by the Babylonians. And in one sense, the same people that are doing what we're seeing today, ISIS is doing. And so if there's anyone here who needs to wake up, if there's anyone here who needs to get their life right with God, I would say, man, do it now because the Lord is coming. You know, we know this took place in Libya. We know 129 were killed in Paris on November 13th. And then one of the most notable and hopefully unforgettable stories, uh, we know that there was... The terrorist attack in San Bernardino, California, 14 were killed, 22 were seriously injured, including, and to me this is kind of a trip, 23-year-old Noemi Gonzalez, whose parents resided in El Monte. You know, and I know, I know, that's not, you're like, well, you know, I don't know what that means. All I know is <laughs> I feel God speaking to me. I feel like God is saying, I want you guys to be ready, and I want you guys to be on the cutting edge. As you get ready for the new year, man, you got to go all in. 
You know, that attack itself was the second deadliest mass shooting in California after the 1984 San Ysidro McDonald's massacre. It was the worst terrorist attack to occur in U.S. soil since 9-11. And so it's not just over there, huh? It's not, it's not just over there. I mean, San Bernardino, someone in Almani. What, you know, what, what is it going to take to wake us up until it's our own children? Right? You know, one person said this. John Walvert is considered a prophecy expert. He said, the rise of Islamic terror is setting the stage for the events in Ezekiel 38 and 39. These chapters prophesy an invasion of Israel in the end times by a vast coalition of nations, all of whom are Islamic today. You know, and, and you know, I want to encourage you guys to read Ezekiel 36 and 37. Those are passages, those are chapters that, that prophesied the regathering of Israel. 30, 38 and 39 are passages that prophesy that Russia, and they're the ones primarily leading, Russia will invade Israel. And the first nation that's mentioned after Russia is Iran, you see? And what we find, you guys, is, man, this is all coming together. You know, Ezekiel 38 and 39, Russia leads the invasion. Uh, they were known as Persia back then, Iran was, but in 1935 they changed their name to Iran. And so now, this is crazy, and I wish we had time to really elaborate on this, but I encourage you to go online, do some research. Never has Russia and Iran been allies in any way until recently, right? I mean, here we have a photo right here um, from uh, Tehran. This is the Russian defense minister signing a military cooperation deal with Iran. And they called it a joint response to what? A U.S. interface. And, and when you talk about Iran, that's something else that happened in 2015 that really stirs us up. I mean, you know, up until then, Iran, kind of a, a rogue nation. All these nations getting a, a little richer because the Lord knew in the last days what oil would be. He knew that would be the center, set the epicenter there in, in Israel and Jerusalem and the Middle East. You have the, what, the 6 million Jews surrounded by 300 million Arabs that hate them and want to wipe them off the face of the map, right? And what we find right here is that when we, you guys know in 2015, they, we, um, we set in motion this deal with Iran, right? You guys probably heard about that, right? The deal that was signed, that nuclear deal. I want to encourage you, man, This, if you can, even go on my blog. I have a little video there from Benjamin Netanyahu who talks about the, the, the way there was such a, a ludicrous deal. I like this next cartoon. Forgive me. I don't mean to, to be mean or anything. But, you know, there's Obama, right? And he's thinking in his mind, all Christianity, you know, all certainty, all, all, all this is for the good, right? An opportunity for Iran to join the community of nations. I don't even know really if that's his heart. But we just give him the, you know, the, 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 the benefit of the doubt, but look what look what he's thinking. Kill the Jews. I mean, do you guys see that? Do you see that in Bible prophecy? 
And, and not only that, you know, real quick, and I just want to move uh, real quick here because otherwise we'll be here all night. You guys know the rise of China, the rise of Russia, the rise of Iran, the rise of China. Read Revelation chapter 16. Everything is coming together that this army from the east, it's called the Battle of Armageddon, right? And what you find is that the United States, they're not there. I mean, you know, you go back not that long ago, we would be there. But now when you read the scriptures in Ezekiel chapter 38 verse 13, there's a reference there to uh, the young lions. Maybe that's us. Some people believe that's us because we're a relatively young nation that was uh, kind of like a sub-nation out of England. And, and all they do is they just talk like, hey, why are you guys doing that? Are you trying to hurt them? And it kind of sounds like our, our current administration not really doing anything about it. And all we're saying, you guys, is that, man, it sure looks like things are happening quick, you know. And I, we don't have time to get into this, but we we're going to talk a little bit about um, the pestilences that went on uh, this year, uh, the earthquakes, the natural disasters. I mean, we could talk about things that happened in Israel, the, the rebuilding of the temple. Recently, the Temple Institute uh, completed the altar of the temple. It's like everything's coming together. The turning away of the church. I mean, you guys, there are so many signs that we could speak of, but I want to fast forward to the, to the last one, and, um, and that is uh, the one that is the sign of all signs. Let's go to Luke 21. In Luke 21, in verse 29, it says, Then he, Jesus, he spoke to them a parable. And he said, Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. You know, and, and when you read the signs of the times, and we're talking about um, the wars and the earthquakes and the pestilences and the famines, which, by the way, are, are, I mean, you go online, and I wanted to show you guys on my computer, but it wasn't working. Seriously, just go to a place like, for example, a Wikipedia, and you just type in all the wars that are going on right now, and it will blow your mind. You just go down list after list after list, all the people that are dying. And it's just crazy, the wars and rumors of wars, Right? And the Lord here, he just says, when you see these signs, and what's going to happen is they increase in intensity and they increase in frequency. The Lord is just saying, get ready because my, my, my coming is at hand. But then he uses this illustration right here of a fig tree, right? And, and a lot of theologians believe that that fig tree right there in verse 29 is in reference to Israel. And without a doubt, Israel is the sign of signs. 
If we didn't have anything else, God, God would still be blameless in giving us the sign, in giving us the warning. If that was all we had, 1948, when Israel was a nation again, you know, and, and they were regathered from all over the earth. Again, first year, you got maybe 450,000 Jews that come. They're literally spread all over the earth to where now you have 75% of Israel is Jewish. You have about 6.2 million Jews in Israel. And they're, they're just made the land beautiful. They made it fruitful. They became the fourth largest exporter of fruit in the world. This little teeny tiny nation the size of New Jersey, actually smaller. And you guys, that right there, that's the sign. And, and, and a lot of theologians, and again, I can't be dogmatic about it, but I don't want to be like one of those who missed Jesus' first coming. No, we want to be ready for his second coming. And what he says right there is that when that fig tree blossoms, there's something right here. He says in verse 32, he says, I surely, I say to you, this generation is not going to die until all these things take place. So some people say, well, what's a generation? 40 years, some say 100 years. I think the easy way to think about it is like, you know, do you know anybody who was born like, you know, prior to 1948? Anyone here? I, I probably shouldn't have you raise your hand, but there are probably some people here that were born you know, prior to 1948. And in one sense, we don't know the day, we don't know the hour, but we do know the season. We're the ones, you guys. The Lord has put us in, in the fourth quarter, when the game's on the line, what are we going to do with that? You know, the Lord goes on to say right here in verse 34, take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and the cares of this life and that day come on you unexpectedly. I mean, it's almost like he's saying for us, not, not a day should go by when we are not paying attention to all these things and realizing that today can be the day. That, that no matter what day or night when, when the Lord comes, that the, the right-on Christian is the one who expected it. That's what he's saying. But you have to take heed. You have to beware because what can so easily happen, he says right there, is our hearts, they, they begin to get weighed down with, with all these other things, with carousing, with drunkenness, and, and just the cares of this life and not that one. And that day comes on us unexpectedly he says there in verse 35 for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell in the face of the whole earth watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape these things that will come to pass and to stand before the son of man you guys i pray that we would be ready for this day you know second peter chapter 3 and verse 11 let me just share that scripture with you Real quick. He's talking about this whole thing about the Lord coming and about the Lord judging. And he says in chapter 3 in verse 11, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in godliness, right? In holy conduct and godliness. I don't know about you, but I look and I say, Lord, you're coming soon, aren't you? 
Lord, I, I, I just, I was talking to one uh, family, and, and they have a new motto for, for the 2016, and their motto is no excuses. No excuses. And, and they're just like, no excuses for, for anything, you know? I mean, all the intentions, all the, the godly ambitions, all the things that, that we want to do, all the things that we want to be, you know, just the way that we pray, the way that we seek the Lord. You know, and I was talking to my wife today, not just reading and praying and going to church. You've got to do those. Those are the spiritual disciplines. But those are the things that draw us close to God so that we can hear his, his voice and then go out and do good works. It's got to be beyond the spiritual dis- discipline. It's got to be beyond the religion. We have to go out into this dark world and shine with the light of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if you're here today and you're playing games, if you're here today and, you know, you're, you got it on, you know, neutral or maybe even reverse, I pray you would know that God has a calling on your life, that God has a ministry for us, that God has things for us to be engaged in. And as we look back, and, and just a, a few of the things, 2015 was really filled with so many big messages that he's coming soon that we wouldn't allow these things to pass without us taking note in our hearts, you guys. Man, I pray you would know the love of Jesus Christ. I pray, you guys, we would know that calling on our life and that we wouldn't compromise, you know? it's I don't know. I mean, how many of you here want the Lord to come back like today, like right now, man? <laughs> I mean, I can't wait to see him and his face and to be home in heaven. It's going to be amazing, right? And I look forward to that. But, you know, I don't know, like, all the details of his plans. I, I talk to my kids all the time, and I say, you know, if the Lord tarries and, and he doesn't rapture us out, and if if the church doesn't really experience a revival, if we don't really wake up, then you, I t- tell Ariel and Aaron, you're going to be living in, in hostile environment. And so how much more do they have to be rooted and grounded and equipped for what is going to happen in this nation? And these are things to take to heart, you guys. I really pray that the Lord would minister to you. And we all have a personal relationship with God, and I can't overgeneralize. But whatever the Holy Spirit has been saying to you, however he's been calling you, however that tug has been in your life, I I pray that we would all respond without hesitation, you know, without reservation, that we would just... Lay it all down. I remember when the Lord called Matthew. And he was a tax collector, you know. And he was considered like the worst. But the Lord called him into ministry. The Lord called him to follow him. You know, and it was just so cool when you read that story. The Bible just says Matthew got up when he left everything. And he followed the Lord. See? Maybe you're here tonight and you're, you know, consider yourself a tax collector, so to speak, or maybe you are a tax collector. And, you know, um, don't tell us that you are a tax collector because, you know, but I don't know, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's pornography. Maybe you're 
you know, you're having an affair. You know, maybe, you know, your heart is cold and concrete. Maybe, you know, you're ready to give up on life itself. I don't know what it is. But it doesn't matter how bad it is. Jesus is such an awesome Savior that he, he, he has already provided for the forgiveness of your sins. He died for them on the cross. And he's calling you. He's calling you not to a religion, not to a building, not to a church, but he's calling you to him. And he's just saying, I know you're, you got it all right there, and I know you're right there in the middle of your own life. But I tell you what, I got something better for you. And I'm calling you tonight. And if that's you, I pray that you would respond to that call. You get up and you follow Jesus Christ and you make that decision. I have a feeling there's a lot of people here tonight. Most of you I know, are, I know you're saved already. But you're not sanctified. And you're not surrendered. And I think that that's what God is calling us to tonight so that when he comes back you know we will have no woulda coulda shouldas that we won't in any way lose our reward but we when he comes back the bible talks about that that we will be found faithfully doing all that he's called us to do we hope you were encouraged by this study if you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.